Hello, and welcome to the Meddling Kids Podcast, a groovy review of everything Scooby-Doo. I'm your host, Chase Kupo. Here we are with another potentially great episode. I feel like I've seen it. Uh, the title, The Headless Horseman of Halloween, it, it feels super familiar. I mean, I'll see you in a second for sure, but either way, the title does have me pumped. I think this is going to be another classic Scooby-Doo episode. Hopefully, it becomes something I can throw into the Halloween rotation, you know? That's that's about as high as it gets. If you're a movie or, or an album or music that's like in the quote-unquote Halloween rotation, you've achieved God status. So we start off with one of the funkiest yet spookiest musical tracks I have ever heard in any carnation of the show. It is just wow. So that's going on. That's playing. Uh, we're, we're opening on a shot of a spooky-looking house. It's shrouded in fog, and it quickly transition, transitions to a, a pretty happening and fun party, huh? Eh? There's a lot of fun music and lots of dancing. Very fun. Uh, it unfortunately does give way to the Headless Horseman and his creepy theme music. And it's not the one that we just heard that I raved about. It's different music. The first, the opening track in this show is just, once again, God status, God tier. Anyways, Shaggy is at this happening party. <clears throat> Pardon me, I was choking on my own saliva. Shaggy's at this happening party with Scooby-Doo and the rest of the gang. Uh, Mrs. Crane comes in and checks in on them and says, uh, you know, that they're always welcome here at Crane Manor. Uh, thanks for cementing the name at the center of this well-worn myth, Mrs. Crane. Thank you. So Scooby-Dum makes an appearance, and you know what? I don't like it. I said it last time. I think it was last time. I said it, oh no, I said it the last time that he showed up, which was the first time, that I am just not a huge fan. Don't like Scooby-Dum, but whatever, he's in this show. Uh, Fred fails to bob an apple, and we're making that a term now. If you're successful in bobbing for apples, then you have bobbed the apple. I feel like I'm the first person who said that, but I may be very wrong. But that's what I'm saying. Anyways, yeah, so Fred sucks, but Shaggy embarrasses him with his store-bought vampire teeth. Uh, right. I forgot to mention that they're at a Halloween party. They're at a, a Halloween party. This is Halloween. I can hardly wait until Halloween rolls around again, and it's only January. Although, to be fair, it is, it's January 25th. It has flown by. Time is just not fun the older you get. It used to be a cliche saying I heard when I was younger. Now it is the absolute untested truth. No, un extremely tested truth. Whatever. I'm getting old. We're all getting old. So... Yeah, uh, Halloween will be fun nonetheless, even when I'm old. So Shaggy bobs an apple, but he has to chase Scooby down after Scooby steals it from him. Pretty classic Scooby. They have a good little rapport. They play fun little games. So they get outside, and Shaggy grabs the apple, and he begins devouring this piece of fruit. He, it's like the the chunkiest, biggest bites, and it sounds like it's super like succulent like and water and shaggy is just making the most noise you could possibly make to eat the fruit <laughs> but they're interrupted by the headless horseman's horse and neighing uh he gave us away thank you mr horse upon that horse is old hh himself pumpkin head no wait that's another franchise we'll stick with hh 
So easy, catchy abbreviation. Boom. So their friend, Beth McCrane, Shaggy and Scooby's friend, Beth McCrane, is showing, meanwhile, showing the older kids her house. Um, nice hosting, Beth. Thank you. Feels very, very warm. So the episode is very derivative of the episode in Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? Season 3 about the witch. You know, uh, Velma's friend who lives in Salem is accused of witchcraft and put on trial, barbaric torture trial. Well, Scooby-Doo is accidentally actually the, the one put on trial, but it's a long story. All because there's a witch running around town scaring people and it looks exactly like uh, Eileen, uh, Velma's friend or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So I, I'll, I'll tell you that that the episode, that episode, I didn't get to do this episode. Uh, it was a, a, a little bit before my run on this show. It, it was so annoying because the the crux of the episode was that uh, the witch running around looked exactly like Eileen, but it looks nothing like her. I can't tell with the makeup and the, the hair. Like, how could they say, how could they see that and go, hey, that's Eileen. We're going to burn her at the stake. But I don't know. It's... I don't make the rules here. The animators in the 70s or 60s, excuse me, made the no, yeah, 70s, 70s made the rules there. But whatever. Uh, the real point is that this episode here, the Headless Horseman episode, is basically that which episode, but three inches to the left. Uh, a ga the gang's friend, who's voiced by the same actress, <laughs> is a descendant of Ichabod Crane. Uh, she was a descendant of a witch back in the days of Salem Witch Trials, and that's it. But it's basically, it's the same exact skeleton-like draft of a script. Anyways, what it just, it, it, it got on my nerves while I was watching the episode. I'm sure the small children watching this when it was first on, or even nowadays, weren't also having the same exact fit that I am. Shaggy and Scooby burst into the library as Beth tells the story of H.H. and they reveal their terrifying encounter outside. Beth is now convinced that the ghost of the soldiers in the the soldier in the Revolutionary War who was shot in the face with a cannon and had his head blown off is back to haunt them as a ghost. Uh, he also famously chased Ichabod Crane and no one ever saw Ichabod Crane again. Spooky. So the the, the gang and their friend rejoin her party before HH opens the door very flamboyantly and says, "I want a head." This this scares just about everybody in the room, they all run away, you know, mass panic, except for the gang and Beth, and presumably her aunt, who we haven't seen in a few minutes. Mrs. Crane from earlier. Ooh, you know what? She might be in on this. Once again, uh, so Vel well, once again, Velma, Shaggy, and Scooby go off to investigate. The gang immediately decides we gotta split up and investigate. Like the last episode. It's nice when they switch up, when they switch up the, the teams. Uh, they, those three go check upstairs. Oh, yeah, uh, Scooby-Dum is here, too. He's so unnecessary. Uh, he disappears from scenes, and he, he only shows up in certain frames for a very, very bad joke. It's not good. It's interesting that they seem to be attempting to find and trap H.H., not really looking for clues, which I figured they would do, but, you know, because they do do that every once in a while. Sometimes they go right to trapping time. I forget what movie or show, it, maybe it was Mystery Incorporated, it was, but they discovered a mystery, and Fred, like, immediately, everyone, you know, the gang was like, alright, like, they had the anticipation, we're gonna look for clues, and Fred goes, it's trapping time, like, immediately, like, two seconds into the mystery, the whole gang was shocked, but it worked, it worked, and they solved the, the first mystery, and then there was a second mystery, it was a twist episode, very funny, very meta, Scooby-Doo Mystery Incorporated, I cannot say it enough, 
I, I'm guessing, I'm assuming that I'm going to make it to that point in the Scooby-Doo canon, and I am so pumped up. I love that show. But anyways, we're talking about H.H. because he finds the Headless Horseman is H.H., by the way. I feel like I didn't say that earlier. H.H. finds Shaggy and the Scoobies, who somehow aren't with Velma. It's like she just walked downstairs, and then she didn't hear any of the commotion of the Headless Horseman chasing them around. And she just met up with Daphne and Fred, and they were chilling. Who found nothing, by the way? They were useless the whole time. Not a very good job. Shaggy uh, actually manages to trap HH in a sewing machine. He's got a cape on, you know, like uh, the lady from The Incredible said. No capes. But before, when Shaggy and Scooby and, and Scooby go downstairs and take the gang back upstairs, HH is gone. So almost a really good, just really solid job. Uh, we cut to Mrs. Crane sleeping in the library, uh, where a ghostly hand reaches from a secret panel in the wall, from from within the wall, out towards her. Uh, she wakes up in time to scream, bringing the others in the house to her and thwarting the attack. Uh, a guy in a green suit, it's ridiculous, Cousin Elwood, condes which is a name from the first season of Scooby-Doo, condescendingly tells the aunt that the hand wasn't reaching for her head, how could you even think that, you fool? But it was reaching for her necklace. Uh, it is cursed and dragged the family... Wait, wait, wait. It is cursed. Sometimes I can't read my own notes, even though I type them. It is cursed, and it has dragged the family through cursed mud for years. The aunt very specifically drops the name of Elwood's company, Apex International Shoes. So that will be part of the mystery. Guarantee it. Take that to the bank. Elwood decides to leave for now, though. Uh, he's going to come back and be part of the mystery later. The gang thinks it's going to be fun to find the secret panel in which the hand reached from. Uh, Scooby-Dum does something good for once, and he finds the button that does activate that A secret panel, but it isn't the secret panel that we were looking for. So, you did all right, Scooby-Dum. Uh, it is a, like a, a, a wall door type of thing, which reveals the butler, Tarloff. Great name. Uh, his ghostly white hands match the hands of the wall attacker. They question him on it, but he claims that it is powered. It is powdered sugar from the cake he served earlier. Elwood comes back, and I mean, he like, decided to leave. I don't know if he said where he was going, but he left, and now he's come back like two seconds later, and uh, he takes the diamond necklace from the aunt. Uh, he says he's going to put it back in the bank vault. He says, "Don't worry, the bank manager will be waiting for me." Elwood, you not so sly dog, you. You're the villain, I bet. So as he drives away into the fog, I can only imagine what that weather would do to my hair. Good lord, it is the thickest fog. Anyways, H.H. shows up, and what do you know? He has Elwood's head. Good lord, a man, a man has just been decapitated, and his head is on another body. So the gang doesn't seem to find that quite as shocking as I would expect. I mean, they're shocked, but like... I would expect a little bit more emotion, even though this is a kid's show and what I'm implying is not what actually happened. I feel like it deserves more respect. Anyways, they go out and they find Elwood's car wrecked and off to the side of the road. Uh, in it is just his clothes all folded up nicely and a pumpkin. Uh, the, the headless horseman's former head because he was headless. Now he's got Elwood's head. Uh, H.H. left his old one there, apparently. Oh, wait, sorry. I just said the same thing twice. Sorry, sometimes... 
I have very specific, like I read from a script. I have something very specific written down most of the time, but sometimes I'll start to say something and then it'll actually kind of evolve naturally and I'll start going and then I'll read the next sentence and it's uh, a variation of what I just said. Sometimes it's worse, sometimes it's better, but uh, but yeah. Anyways, um, where was I? Ah, uh, yes, okay. So Fred sends the cranes back to the house, but he, as everyone else, tried to do a speed run investigation. Um in in the car it, it actually works as scooby Dum finds us once again he did doing good i guess thank you scooby Dum. he finds a small picture of elwood with glue on the back fred sees that the keys to the car are missing and both scoobies together find an article clipping about a flying saucer landing at the beautician's convention uh very surprised at this one oh no, no the scoobies okay so the scoobies found that the 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 news clipping and then shaggy shows it to velma he's like hey this should be important and, you know, much to his surprise and our surprise as viewers, Velma just completely brushes it off, brushes it off, saying, oh, it's just something someone threw away. I mean, Shaggy makes what will probably prove to be a smart decision, and he keeps a hold of the clipping. So from there, the gang decides to go visit, well, some of them do object, but they end up collectively deciding to visit the grave of H.H., Velma thought it would be fun to tell the story of H.H. chasing Ichabod again, so when Tarloff the butler comes walking through the fog, Shaggy and the Scoobies are really scared and they kind of lose it. It turns out that Tarloff supposedly isn't being shady, he just had to walk to the nearest neighbor to report their power failure. It all checks out. Move along, Tarloff. You big mystery, you. Wait, 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 wait. He says he couldn't use the phone because a tree fell over down the road that knocked out the power and telephone lines. Hmm. Hmm. Tarloff does drop the knowledge that the tree was chopped down by someone. It didn't fall, but didn't make a sound. Uh, the gang continues on to Ichabod's grave, and they attempt to break and enter, which is like, I mean, a whole new set of charges for doing that to a, a grave. or I, I believe it's like a mausoleum or whatever you call it that he's in. He gets the expensive one. Uh, but this time they're actually thwarted by physics. They can't get it. They can't get in there. Shaggy takes this time to bring up his newspaper clipping once again, and Velma finally realizes its value. I like that Shaggy stuck to his guns on that one. That's good. Uh, Fred does as well, actually. He realizes the value too. So they list out the two list out the clues that they found so far. And I will admit that at this point I am still lost. It's usually not easy to figure this out because you know it's not the most complicated thing in the world, Scooby Doo, but. When they listed all these clues in this episode, it just seemed like rambling, a rambling, incomplete thought. But apparently Fred knows how it fits together, so they go to the airport. Why the airport, Shaggy asks? Because that's where HH is headed. Why do you ask? Well, I don't know. We'll find out soon enough, I suppose. Uh, maybe they're using planes disguised as flying saucers to transport the ounce net necklace or something? I don't know. That's such a stretch. But anyways, the gang gets to the airport. Nice. Step one. But they, they do seem to beat HH there, so Fred sets a trap in motion. Velma, Shaggy, and Scooby attempt to drop a parachute on the plane as HH arrives and tries to take off. But Scooby fouls it up and falls into the plane, causing HH to careen around the hangar recklessly. And much to everyone's dismay, he escapes the hangar and takes off with Scooby and Shaggy, who attempted to rescue Scooby but has failed so far, up into the air with him. Some shenanigans occur and the three end up crashing the plane. Oh, no, 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 they don't. I put that very specifically in the notes because HH proves to be a great pilot and he saves it. He saves it multiple times, def defying physics as 
as needed until the sudden altitude changes do end up causing the plane to deteriorate. So physics does get back at them. Scooby-Dum does another good thing. I gotta give him his credit where it's due, unfortunately. And he catches them all in a net. A pretty strong grip on that net, huh? Pretty strong <laughs> grip of Scooby-Dum. So it turns out that Elwood was after the necklace. That seems about right. He had a plan to leave the country with the piece. Shaggy finds out that Apex International shoes filed for bankruptcy. Uh, it was from, through the... It, it was on the... Um, this is where the newspaper clipping comes into play. It, it, the Flying Saucer story was the back of the clipping that was cut out. On the other side was an article about Apex International Shoes filing for bankruptcy. So Shaggy did find a very important clue. Uh, so uh, this guy wanted to get, get a wanted a quick getaway by fleeing the country behind the shroud of HH and a quick buck with the necklace. So yeah, that uh, that about wraps this one up. So here's to another really great episode. All except for Scooby Dumb. I still can't stand him. Maybe I'll warm up, but he just grinds on my nerves, even though he did he did really well today. So we will find out as we continue on. How do I like Scooby-Dum? Uh, how do you like Scooby-Dum? Hit, uh, hit the uh, Facebook discussion group, the Meddling Kids Podcast and Scooby-Doo Facebook discussion group on Facebook, and let me know how you feel. So uh, there's updates on the episode sometimes there as well. Thank you. So uh, thank you all for listening. Thank you to Dave Seste for the use of his song, Night Surfing, for the theme song. Now stay groovy, and remember, I wouldn't have been able to get away with it if it wasn't for you meddling kids. <laughs> <laughs>